0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, how's it going? As always, it's your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendias. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into this episode, this episode of locked on Rams is brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving community since 1965 McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty affordable food it's an unofficial member of the community a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there I'm loving it now we could dive into some of the topics of this episode and we're finally back for a Friday mailbag episode it's been a few weeks it feels like since we've gotten to do one of these but we're back. You guys sent in a bunch of good questions. Some of course, ranging from the topic of this game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit lions in week seven to stuff about the off season. So we're going to get into all of it as much as we can in this episode. Don't got no more time to waste no Jersey for you guys today. I'll try and surprise you guys next time around. If the Rams can win, maybe we'll get a victory Monday Jersey. I'll kind of shock you guys with something there. We'll see. But of course the Rams got to play that game first and then we'll see how that one kind of shakes out. So We could dive into these questions. The very first ones from my guy, my brother at no plan B the man, the myth the legend. He said more all purpose yards on Sunday, Daryl Henderson or Cooper cup. I'm going to go with Cooper cup on this one. I think Hendo is going to have a great game, but Cooper cup just feels like a safe 120 yards every game. Whereas Henderson, sometimes they kind of want to spell him a little bit and get Sony Michelle out there. You don't really want to run one guy into the ground. So If that's the case in this game, which I think it probably will be, I'll go with Cooper Cup. He seems like he's unstoppable this year, and I don't think the Detroit Lions are going to be the team to figure out how to limit this guy to 50 or less receiving yards in this one. So the next one, he said, better fantasy performance, Hendo or Swift, DeAndre Swift being on the Detroit Lions. Again, I'm going to go with Henderson. I love DeAndre Swift. I think he's a top 10 play this week. He's pretty much a top 10 play every single week for the most part. Uh, The guy has so much PPR upside, great pass catcher out of the backfield. But the Detroit Lions defense is not good. And Daryl Henderson, I think, has legitimate 80 to 100 scrimmage yards, one, maybe two touchdown upside in this game. So I'm going to go with Hendo. I think he's a safer bet for production in this game. And then (laughs) the last question, you said, is Jared Goff, Andy Dalton? I said this on Twitter. I want to say maybe in like 2019 when Jared Goff was really starting to fall off. I got a lot of flack for it, as you can imagine. Rams fans were pretty pissed off. They did not like it. And I think the more time that passes, it kind of looks like it's almost true. Now, I think Jared Goff's a little bit better than Andy Dalton was. He's just got more natural talent. But in general, he's clearly not a top 20 guy. He might not even be a top 25 guy right now. So not a good player. And we can leave it at that. He's just not played well at all this season. And you guys even heard it. On yesterday's episode, if you listen to the crossover with Matt Derry of Locked On Lions, he said he might not be back next year with how he's played. So that's really a lot of words and what came in a short sentence. Not that long, but very impactful statement. So we'll move on to the next one from my guy at JB underscore peoples. He said, like most Rams fans, this is the first time we have really watched Matthew Stafford play. He has shown that occasionally he can be randomly inaccurate with the football and take a while to get going. Is that an issue he struggled with in the past, or can we just kind of blame that to the chemistry or lack thereof? I think it's more of the latter there than the former. This guy, he still has some of those reps where it shows up, where you can see the natural arm talent. He's changing some of those arm angles, and he throws a pretty football. I mean, it is a spiral more times than it isn't. And coming from Jared Goff, who threw some wobbly ducks every now and again, it just is nice to see that ball hold such a tight spiral on most throws. And I think you see a lot of that accuracy still come up. You look at the last game against the New York Giants, the one play that I highlighted, I posted it on Twitter. One of my favorite passes that I've seen from him so far this season, Cooper Cup to the right sideline. He's being covered by Jabril Peppers. Stafford, the arm placement, the anticipation, when he's letting go of that football, Cooper cup is 100% covered. He has no business throwing that pass, but he knows that he's going to break off at the top of his route there at his break. He's going to be able to create some separation and that's exactly what Cooper cup did. So it was a nice 25 yard completion, let's say, but you see a lot of that talent still come up. So in my opinion, I just don't think he lacks the accuracy. It feels like there's still that lack of chemistry. You still see it come up with Robert Woods and some of these other players every now and again, Deshaun Jackson, it's not like he can't throw 70 yards downfield to go let Deshaun get it. I just think he doesn't really realize how fast he's been to this point. So we'll see how long it takes to iron this out. And I've mentioned it many times on this podcast. Tom Brady had a lot of these issues last year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he was thrown to Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. And he's Tom Brady, the goat. I mean, this guy is the best ever. And he had a lot of these issues up until the second half of the season. And if that's the case, I think we have to afford staff for the same kind of time. If this continues to happen in six, eight weeks, then we can start to have a bit of a discussion and a dialogue in terms of, you know, is this ever going to fix itself? But for now, I'm still not concerned. I think this is just a lack of chemistry that continues to show up every now and again. The last question from my guy at Will Carella. he said, was Taylor Rapp used differently against the Giants? And with Johnny Munt out, do you think we mostly avoid going with those two tight end sets Or do we let Jacob Harris, Bryson Hopkins get in there? So to begin, I don't think Taylor Rapp was really used all that differently. The only way that looked a little bit different was on that second interception where they had him kind of dropping into the flat. That was his responsibility in that zone coverage play. And there was no receiver going to the flat there. I don't know if that was just by design from the Giants or what. And Rapp being the high IQ player that he is, he knew that he didn't have to stay in the flat. So he kind of cheated and started sinking into his zone coverage a little bit and playing that hook slash curl area. And Daniel Jones just really never saw me through it right to wrap. And he picked it off, obviously, and had a nice little return as well. So I'd like to see him a little bit more in terms of that kind of usage there, where you want him underneath guys and playing some of that zone coverage underneath. But the Rams haven't really done a ton of that. So that was a little bit different in terms of how they used him in that Giants game. But for the most part, it didn't seem all that different. And then in terms of the tight end usage, it's a good question. I'm curious to see how it's going to unfold too. I don't really have the answer. I do think they're still going to run out a lot of those two tight end sets because you can't really just change your offense because of one injury. Johnny Munt, very solid blocker, super underrated player, and he's been a big crucial aspect to how productive they've been on the ground. But I think you can get by with some of these other guys. You can still use Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in some of those formations like pseudo tight ends for the most part, like they have a little bit this season. I think they will be fine. I still think they'll trot out a lot of those two tight end sets. So if that's Jacob Harris, maybe it's Bryson Hopkins. Like you mentioned, not really sure who they're going to prioritize getting the next snaps, especially in that hand in the dirt, you know, classic tight end type of role. We'll see how it shakes out, but I definitely think they're going to still stick to what they've done a lot of this season. I can't expect for them to change really their offense much because of a backup tight end getting hurt. In just a second here, we're going to dive into some of these remaining questions. You guys shot over a bunch of good ones. Take a look at some of the upcoming trade candidates for the Rams here with the trade deadline just around the corner. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP, at Lockdown Rams, and on YouTube at Lockdown Rams. We're closing in on 700 subscribers. Let's get us there by, let's say, the end of this month, if not even sooner. That would be great. Of course, you guys have heard me talk about bet online many times here. I'm an avid better. This Thursday night game, as I'm recording this, is about to kick off. I got a few bets placed on this game. Dearness Johnson, fingers crossed. Hopefully he hits some of these player props. You guys can get in on some of this action at betonline.ag. They are your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They have everything open from their half million dollar NFL mega contest to their $200,000 survivor contest right now on their website. You can go head over to their website using your mobile device or your desktop and sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. They're your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football to basketball to boxing, to horse racing, anything you guys like don't wait, make sure to take advantage of all the great offers available right now for the 2021 season, bet online, your online sports book experts. Now we can pick up right where we left off with some of these questions. And uh, this next one here is a pretty good one. It's somewhat related to that secondary there. From at Movingo 1983 he said, do you think that the amount of DBs getting snaps against the Giants is the way forward long-term, or do you think it's just a result of Darius Williams being out-slash, you know, the blowout? The Rams were obviously up a lot in that game. I tend to think that it there is going to be some sort of a mix here, and I can't recall who it was in the press conference now. It just happened a few days ago. I don't know if it was Raheem Morris or if it was Sean McVay, one of those two guys. They basically said that, there was a lot of rotation in that secondary, and they plan on having that be the case moving forward and I think you know while Darius Williams is still sidelined and he's out makes a lot of sense here. You want to try and play those matchups, and I'm not really sure how they're going to kind of divvy up those snaps. Maybe you know Torrah Burgess just might make more sense against a certain type of receiver versus David Long for another versus Dante Dion for another. Of course Dante Dion is not six four so you're not going to want to put him on someone like AJ Green versus you know maybe a uh, Robert Rochelle who's a little bit taller might make more sense against that type of receiver. So they can play a lot of this matchup game and I think they tend to do that. That's what they've already indicated they will do. We'll see how true they are to their word, but as of right now with Darius Williams out, you really have nothing to lose. Just play the matchups in my opinion, get all these guys some snaps, let's find out who's the best player and let's give those guys the most snaps possible. And then when Williams comes back in 2 weeks, you still have a question mark at cornerback 3. And hopefully by then we can have enough of a sample size to where we can decide this guy's better than this guy. Let's play him out here. Let's play him out there. We'll see how that unfolds, but I think that's a really good question and it's definitely going to be something we look at over the next two weeks. The next one. Great question here from at Akutsuki underscore Josh. He said the Rams are usually active at the trade deadline. So who would be your top three potential trade targets for the Rams? And I try to be a little bit realistic here. So I wanted to find players that maybe fell out of favor in their franchises. And not only that, but the Rams are broke as hell right now. They have less than 2 million in cap space. They can't go get a Marcus May. Like I think it was ESPN who connected those dots a few weeks ago. Marcus May is getting paid 10 and a half million dollars this year. Where are the Rams going to come up with that money? And there's people out there saying, you know, they're going to restructure this contract, do this. They're not going to do that mid season to go get a guy that they don't need. So cross those expensive players off the list. And in general, I don't think the Rams have to go get anyone. They're a talented roster that can legitimately win a Super Bowl right now. I genuinely think that. So they don't need to get anyone. But with that being said, you know, we'll play this game for fun. We'll look at some of these names. And I picked up three interesting names. All happen to be on the defensive line, ironically enough. One, Yitor Gross Matos from the Carolina Panthers, the defensive end. I think it was a second round pick out of Penn State. hasn't played a lot for their defense. He's playing roughly like 25 to 30% of their snaps on the defensive side of the ball. And they've invested a lot in that D-line. So maybe he's available. That's a guy I really like coming out of the draft. I think it was a year and a half ago. Dude is talented. And uh, I think they like him. So they're not going to necessarily want to trade him. But if the Rams want to spice up that unit a little bit, add some more talent there, that's a guy I would certainly look at. The next one, another guy I loved coming out, I think it was Wisconsin, Zach Bond. He's currently with the New Orleans Saints, very similar. I think he also came out a year and a half ago, and he's hardly playing at all. There was only one game, I think, where he crossed like the 50% threshold on the defensive side of the ball in terms of snaps, and this guy's a partial off-ball linebacker, somewhat edge rusher, can do a little bit of everything on that defensive side of the ball, somewhat like a chess piece in the mold of a Kyle Van Noy, someone like that, I would say. Love his game, love his skill set. Don't know why he's not really panned out just yet. Kind of fell out of favor there as well. And another player on a rookie contract like Gross Mato, so affordable that the Rams can legitimately and realistically trade for. And then the last player, former first round pick, Cleveland Farrell for the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, another defensive lineman. And I don't mean that to say that the Rams need to add someone on the D line because we've talked about it on this podcast. I want to say it was on yesterday's episode. They're first in the NFL in pressures. Like these guys are balling. So, you know, this just happens to be some of the names that I think makes sense in terms of guys that could maybe be traded guys that are on relatively cheap contracts, rookie cost controlled deals, and that the Rams maybe wouldn't have to pay two first round picks to go get right. They have only so many picks left over and you don't want to go trade all your picks away. So maybe these guys could be had for, you know, a fifth, a sixth here or there, something like that. So those are my three names, not really expecting the Rams to be all too active here, but we'll see how it shakes out. The trade deadline is right around the corner. The next one, last one for this segment from at Brian Tedzi said, would you rather guard Aaron Donald or tackle Derek Henry? And uh, that's a good question. I would probably go with guarding Aaron Donald just because the moment I shot my hands out as if I was an offensive lineman he would embarrass me so bad. He'd be in the backfield in a blink of an eye. And I don't really care about getting embarrassed in terms of my performance. I'm concerned about being hurt and uh, tackling Derrick Henry just does not seem fun. If you're trying to tackle him, you're going to get hurt. I think to some degree, you're going to feel that punishment. And that just does not seem like something I want to do. So I would rather just embarrass myself versus Aaron Donald, probably going to be less physical punishment compared to getting in Derrick Henry's way with a full head of steam. That one might send you to a hospital bed, maybe the morgue. I don't really know, but that's not something I want to experience. Neither is the thing I want to experience, actually. So I don't really know which one would hurt more. I don't want to find out either. Hopefully, I'm never in that scenario, but that's a good, funny question. I appreciate you for shooting that over to me. Make sure to tune back in here at the Locked On Rams podcast next week. We're going to recap this Lions and Rams game, break down everything you need to know about what happens in this contest, who stood out for the Rams, who didn't play so well, and fingers crossed, hopefully we have a nice victory Monday to talk about. I would love to see the Rams improve to 6-1 and one on this season. That would be tremendous. Now, we could dive into some of these sponsors here for this episode. You guys heard me talk about McDonald's earlier to intro this episode. They've always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can go to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group. Knowing they're going to have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and mcflurries and i asked this question do you guys know what a smarties is on twitter why do you guys don't know what a legitimate smarties canadian version or european version is which is a nice little milk chocolate with candy coating it's not some powdered weird candy smarties mcflurries the best of all time i'm telling you if you guys never tried it you probably don't have it in the states if you go to canada sometime or to europe i think in the uk Try them out. Smarties McFlurries, they are absolutely incredible. They're way better than any other McFlurry. I promise you that. Win or lose. It's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place where you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say locked on Rams watch party? That'd be pretty epic. And you guys have heard me talk about it. There is no better hangover food or intoxicated food. So if you've had a long night at the bar, go visit McDonald's afterwards. If you're hungover in the morning, go get your McDonald's. They'll fix you up. They'll take care of you. And as always, I'm loving it. You guys have heard me also talk about Deep Built Bar here many, many times on this podcast. They sent me a care package the other day. Blueberry muffin, very solid flavor. Gets a seven out of 10 for me. And coconut brownie chunk. Out of this world. There is no protein bar like it. I love coconut and chocolate together. If you do too, I know it's a very controversial flavor. Some people absolutely love it. Like myself, some people do not stand coconut. Go try it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. They have a bunch of different flavors. You don't have to choose between those two. There's a bunch of different flavors. I want to say upwards of 11 or 12 at this point, they got different festive ones here for October for Halloween. They'll take care of you. The bars they are delicious. They're healthy. They're low in calories. They're high in fiber. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They even work for you if you are on the keto diet and you'll even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do, just go to builtbart.com and use the promo code lock 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code lock 15 for 15% off at billbar.com. And thank you guys as always so much for making us your first daily listen here at the On Rams podcast. For your second daily listen, make sure to go check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. These guys are going to break down every major NFL story every single day in under 30 minutes, entirely free wherever you get your podcasts. So make sure to go check them out. Now we can dive into these final few questions that you guys sent over to me on this mailbag. Appreciate you guys for always shooting these questions over. They're so good. And they always get me thinking. Sometimes you guys stump me, but this one I feel like I'm on top of. This next one here is from at Rand with the game. He said, how long do you think it'll take for the offense to start games faster? And well, maybe I spoke too soon because this one's going to stop me. I don't know. I wish I had the answer. I think the more we get through this season, the further along we get, you know, week eight, week 10, week 12, we're really going to start to see this offense evolve to the point where everyone's going to feel comfortable, right? We're starting to see it slowly mature where Earlier in the season, Robert Woods and Matthew Stafford looked like they had no clue what each other was doing versus now you're starting to see some of those touchdowns come to be some nice passes here and there still a little bit of a disconnect, but I feel like they're getting more comfortable and they're getting close to where they want to be. Uh, Obviously, Cooper Cup. Yeah, that guy's doing pretty good, too, I would say. So I think we're getting close. We're getting to that point where it's not far away. You know, there's very minimal plays here or there. The one thing that I'm still kind of just annoyed by, like you mentioned, starting really slow, they just need to knock that rust off and start games faster. I don't know how they're going to do in this game, but I feel like they're going to be a little bit more amped up with all the connections between the Rams and the Lions. If they start slow in this one, I would probably be a little bit concerned because the Lions have no business hanging around in this game while the Rams are just way more talented and they should take this game personally. So we'll see how it shakes out. I don't know how long of a trend this is going to be, but i can 't wait for it to pass because outside of starting slow in these games there's really not much to nitpick about when it comes to the Rams offense or team in general because they look tremendous, so hopefully they can get it fixed sooner than later. The next one from at no plan b underscore he said the Rams are heavily favored and for good reason, but if you had to pick one, which side of the ball do you anticipate the Rams proving more dominant on this Sunday, the offense or defense? And I want to say offense, because I think they're going to put up like 30, 35, something like that. But I'm going to go with the defensive side of the ball. I feel like they're really going to take this game personally. And you're probably asking why. The reason I say that is because they practiced against Jared Goff. A lot of these defenders did for two, three, four, five years even. And they could never get their hands on him because he was the team's quarterback at the time. And I feel like there's some sourness there, maybe a little bit of an extra motivation for guys like Aaron Donald, for example, to Just want to go wreak havoc in this game. You've practiced against Jared Goff for so long, never got to put your hands on him in practice. The coaches are yelling at you at the top of their lungs if you get with even three or four yards of the quarterback. So you know he's going to be a little bit externally motivated to get this guy down. And we saw it when he would play Matthew Stafford against Detroit. He sacked him, I think it was like nine times in three games, just abused him every time. Not saying that's going to happen in this game, but Goff is not mobile whatsoever. He's turnover prone. Everyone knows he's going to fumble the ball a lot. He'll throw some very bad passes, give guys chances at pick sixes. So to me, that spells everything that I would want in a defensive type of performance, right? You're getting a chance to maybe get a pick six, maybe get three, four, five, six sacks, maybe a sack fumble. There is really no way to entice me more to want to go hard on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm going to go with those guys, but I really think the Rams are really, really going to have a good game on both sides of the ball in this contest. On to the last question here from at JJ from underscore NJ. He said, I know it's way too early, but looking ahead to the draft, what would you think are the biggest needs that should be addressed? Assuming Darius Williams, Brian Allen, and Austin Corbett all return. And that's a good question. I'm not sure that the Rams are going to be able to bring all three of those guys back. Hopefully they can, of course, they're all important players, three starters, three guys that they've sort of groomed from, you know, practice squad slash backup style players to guys that are legitimately starting and playing well for the team. So it's great to always try to keep those guys in the building. Now in your scenario, you said they're all going to be back in that case. It's hard to say, obviously it's very early in the season. Some guys may fall off throughout the rest of the year. Someone may get hurt. Uh, Someone may step up. So I would look at the value positions, the high value positions. I'm always trying to insert more talent, more investment. there. talking about positions like cornerback, pass rusher, offensive line. Those are the spots that I think no team has ever set at. Yeah. You know, the Rams are playing great on the defensive line. They don't necessarily need anybody there, but I think the more you can have in that stable, the more you can keep your guys fresh, the more talent you have in that room. You can't go wrong. In my opinion, that is the exact type of talent you want to add, the type of position you want to add, I'm looking at those spots. Cornerback, of course, the Rams have some question marks right now. Do they have a cornerback three or not? I don't know. We'll find out throughout the rest of this year. So that might be a really good addition there. Pass rusher, like I mentioned, got a lot of bodies there, but they don't have that superstar that they could always try to acquire. That's always a fun position to have. And then offensive line, you starting five guys here, Andrew Whitworth is 40 years old. He might retire at the end of the season. And I don't know if Joe Noboom is going to be the guy at that spot. I think he might even be a free agent at the end of this year. And if he is, then they obviously need to go find somebody else. So we'll see what happens ultimately. But I do think those are the three positions that I'm always looking at, whether it's the Rams, somebody else, you can never have enough talent at those spots. And ironically enough, it also kind of adds up and aligns well with the Rams cornerback question mark right now, offensive line. Very good. Very, very good. But Question marks in terms of who's going to be back next year, how much depth do they have the age, obviously. So a lot of different things, moving parts. And uh, in my opinion, I would look at those positions, but something else may happen throughout the, the rest of this year that might push it to somewhere else. You know, you might be looking at maybe a tight end or maybe a halfback, maybe a safety. If somebody walks, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like you said, it's really, really early. It's hard to say what's going to happen in the draft or what they should even look at in the next draft. But man, it's always fun to chop it up about the draft. And unfortunately for us, maybe we're having a little bit less fun when it comes to draft time, because the Rams never have a first round pick. So we always got to wait 60, 70, 80 picks until we can finally see some action, but less need always finds a way to make it fun. That's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown Rams podcast. Thank you guys. As always, for making us your first daily listen here at the Locked On Rams pod. Make sure to tune back in next week when we keep you guys covered for everything you need to know about this week seven game between the Rams and the Lions, as well as flipping the page into the next game between the Rams and the Texans, which we'll do later next week. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP at Locked On Rams and on YouTube at Locked On Rams. Let's get us to 700. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.